So I, I hope everybody had a great discussion on, on managing difficult customers. I know the group that I popped into, uh, we had a lot of a lot of discussion, which I'm gonna I'm gonna save for that person to to share here in a couple minutes. But um, if you were nominated as the, we'll call it your group lead to share feedback, uh, would you mind raising your hands uh, using the raise hand feature down under the reactions at the bottom? Um, and I'll have each of you come off mute here in a moment and share, uh, you know, a summary of, of your feedback um, and then uh, uh, maybe keep it to just a couple minutes. And then I want to open up, you know, I want to open up to the larger group discussion based on, uh, you know, a couple, two or three key themes. Um, so Heather, we will, uh, does, uh, we'll definitely come back to you. I promise on, on that. So, um, so I'm going to call on, I saw Laura, uh, Laura first. So Laura, if you don't mind coming off mute, uh, and maybe sharing a little bit of the feedback that your team discussed. Um, yeah, so we had a great conversation. We had um, Tanya Hall, Lane Holt, Kimberly Vera, and Claudette Cabrera-Ludwig in our group. <clears throat> and um, I think we all had a lot of similar things to say. One really big takeaway was listening to the customer, um, kind of repeating back what you heard was the problem and really identifying, okay, if this is a difficult customer, why are they being difficult? What's sort of the, the reason um, behind that? Is, is there a legitimate reason for why they're being difficult? Is it, you know, maybe a personality thing? Um, but apologizing if an apology is necessary for sure and really going above and beyond to recognize um, if there was a mistake. Um, putting them in the driver's seat was another thing that came up. So giving them the agency to really ask for the solution, say to them and put it to them and say, what can we do to make this right? Um, and one thing that was brought up in our group as well is sometimes you need to sort of step away from that difficult conversation and give it some time. Sometimes you put that qu question to them, say, what can we do to make it right? And they don't yet have the answer because maybe there's still sort of high emotions or high tension from whatever that situation is. Um, so recognizing when it's appropriate to say, you know, let's take a few days to think about how we can make this right for you. And we'll follow up on this day at this time. Um, time blocking as well. So making sure that there's very, um, sort of you're, you're both aligned on what next steps are, making sure to follow up on that conversation and give them a time frame for when there will be a resolution. So if you say that you're going to follow up tomorrow at 10 a.m., doing that, um, starting to build that trust, and then saying if it's a longer term thing, you know, we're going to have this figured out in four weeks on this date. We're going to have another call to check in and make sure that that solution worked for you, um, and then following through with that. Um, so those are some of the things that we talked about in our group. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. I may circle back with you on a, on a couple of those things. I'm going to let a couple of the other group leads share some of their feedback, but uh, thank you. Uh, David Curry, I saw you. I saw you next. What did your group discuss? So I am in the same group as Heather. So do you want me to go or do you want her to go? It's up to you, David. If you want Heather to lead, I'm going to call her out, put her on the spot. No, David, take, take the stage. <laughs> it's on you. Yeah. So, you know, we had an interesting conversation and we talked about difficult conversations with the customer, but the customer sometimes can be various teams within your own organization. 
Um, and I think as CSMs, we all have to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, we work for a certain employer, but we're bound by obligation to do right by the customer. But sometimes our, our trickiest customers are going to be product, marketing, uh, support, et cetera, which you have to have difficult conversations with all in the name of service to your customer, right? Uh, but one of the recurring themes that came out of our discussion, right, is emotional intelligence, uh, not taking it personal, being empathetic, having a, a, you know, active and passive listening skills, being able to understand your customer's pain points and, and develop a plan to get them um, to, to a greener, healthier state in a relative amount of time. Um, I think it's so easy for us to get emotionally caught up in what's going on with our customers and vice versa that we forget at the end of the day, it's just business. This isn't personal. Um, you know, as I mentioned to my group, you know, ultimately when the customer comes to our organization, it's because our product, our tool solves a problem. And that moment, it's not solving a problem, whether it's, you know, product misalignment during the sale related or they just hate my for some reason there's something going on that they're not happy with. And so we need to get the emotion out of that, but yet still be able to understand what they're really hearing and boil down to the root issue. Like what is the cause? Like follow that thread, pull that thread and get to what the actual issue is. And then from there, you circle the wagons, you bring in your teams and then develop a plan to really, you know, drive forward those objectives. That's going to make the customer, at least in that short interim, happier, but more importantly, healthier. Yeah, that's awesome, David. I really like your comment about, um, you know, don't take it personal. And, and um, you know, actually, I'll let, uh, I'm actually going to pass the baton to Susan because I was in group in group with Susan. We actually talked a little bit about that as well. But I 100% agree. You've got, you know, you've got internal, you've got external customers, which is often, you know, where the difficulty lies. But, you know, sometimes getting even internal people to engage on those, on those same conversations can be a challenge. So I appreciate it, David. I'll be searching back on that as well. Um, Susan, do you want to maybe pick up where David and share from our group? Yeah, so my group was Siobhan Bailey, Lisa Rager, Joel Malloy, and Haley Miller. And we we had a lot of the same conversations um, that Laura shared with as well. Um, some of the main things we talked about was um, really listening to the customer, um, empathizing with them, um, not matching them at their tone. So if they come to you and they're really, really upset, you don't want to also have the same tone as them. You know, stepping back and putting yourself in their shoes um, to really, um, you know, try to understand where they're coming from. We talked a lot about... Um, doing research and, you know, finding out what is the core um, issue that the customer has. And sometimes that does mean that you need to go back and connect with your team or do a little of your own research. Um, so really finding out, um, you know, where, you know, where they're at and where they're coming from. Um, and let's see, I'm looking at my notes, but yes, of course, like don't take it personal. And then one thing that, you know, came up in, in our group as well is, um, putting this, the script a little bit. So one thing that I've done in the past is I've then, after a customer has shared their challenges and their difficulties, I've listened, I've apologized, I've thanked them. Then I've asked them, you know, and after we've kind of gotten through what their challenge might be, I've asked them to share with me one good thing about 
the service or the product. And it kind of just shifts their behavior a little bit. It kind of shifts their mindset and takes it from a little bit more negative to um, a positive. And so that's what we talked about in our group. And some of the fun foods that we couldn't live without was pizza, um, steak, tacos, curry, lentils, and peanut butter. How was that? That's awesome. Thank you, Susan. Great, great job on the, the, the recap as well. Um, uh, Gala, I see you. I, I, you know, I saw you pop up pretty early. I want to give, uh, you know, I know you and I talk a lot. So um, for sure. Do you, do you want to expand on what's been shared so far? Definitely. Um, we're going to give those foods a run for their money. We, we were all in on mashed potatoes, potatoes in general rice and fried rice so we really like took the two basic foods and then elaborated from there um but uh, i had a really great conversation with ramia yes tacos for life uh, nathan and marcus and we really focused on picking up the phone and just talking to the customer and kind of getting away from hiding behind the computer because often you know your tone of voice to kind of reiterate what susan said the tonality is the difference between the email and and the voice um and then also something i thought that was really interesting that that nathan brought up was when you get an angry customer having that gut level check of is this someone that i really want to save or are they actually not the right fit for the organization and then determining where to go from there and then something really interesting that marcus mentioned was if you do feel like this is someone that you should save and you get on the phone with them asking them has your use case changed from when you signed up so if they're if they're having a gripe about a situation or something that the, the product doesn't have, a feature that doesn't have, asking them when you signed up, was that your original goal? If your goal has changed, let's realign together and then start to go towards that goal. So it just came down to um, using your voice, something that we probably shy away from every once in a while these days. Great point. And the other piece that I heard in that is that as that expectation piece, a customer purchases your product for some reason, and then expectations change along the way, but no one has communicated that expectation gap. Um, and so aligning on that, Gayla, is a huge point. And so really glad that, that you brought that one up. Awesome. Cool. So uh, I know Jeremy's uh, kind of dealing with a little bit of kiddo stuff, which is fine. Um, appreciate that he can do that. David, I see you're next up on my screen with your hand raised. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your group uh, talks through? Yeah, thanks, Lane. We had Kevin, Josh, Lorraine, Gabriel, and um, yep, yeah, uh, we had uh, Korean barbecue was kind of a big one. And then we got into pizza. And honestly, we could have spent the, we got into a heavy debate of whether pineapple should be on pizza and everything else in it. We could have gone on for the hour on this, um, but the topic itself as well, I, I think we actually kind of just started uncovering it as we got through. And we probably could have spent a, a lot of time on this, I'm sure. Like even just writing down notes from everyone else, we've, we've heard four or five different groups and there's like all different strategies that ones that might've been kind of similar, but different from what we also experienced. So I think there's a lot of different strategy. And this, some of the ones that were different for us was, um, you know, Kevin had talked about change of environment. So, you know, just simply sometimes changing the CSM or having a new person involved, maybe they have a relationship that's sort of like 
tainted now and they've got just a, you know, a bad reflection of kind of the, either the product or the company. And sometimes just having a change helps. And, uh, that's been, that's been something that's worked at times, not all times, um, you know, trying not to be a hammer and in, in that, uh, I think we have assumptions a lot of the times in terms of how the product might've worked for one organization because a user group or persona was defined a certain way. And then you're trying to then say, Hey, this is how it should work for you. We've seen this, we know with other companies and not understanding why there's that mismatch. So, you know, peeling back the layers and going back and starting from, okay, let's level set in terms of understanding exactly who we're dealing with the user personas and make sure that the materials, the training, the delivery, the onboarding is well aligned to that. So I think just that alignment piece, um, and, and one other one that came up right at the end was, um, uh, Josh mentioned this as well, was uh, breaking into little steps too. Sometimes it's like the customer sees this giant you know, project that just doesn't seem to have the momentum all the time of what they might like. So having like little bites and little successes along the way can get them on track to feeling like things are moving the way that they should be. So, um, you know, that was, a, that was another one. Um, we, we had a lot more, but um, definitely I'll, I'll leave it with those ones for now. So it was a great discussion. Awesome. One thing that I dropped in the, the chat is uh, when we change a CSM, the one thing to make sure is if this is one customer, this is one example, it doesn't define their ability to be a CSM. So helping them also remember that because sometimes in that a CSM can feel that way of like, oh man, I failed because I'm being taken off of this account or something like that. Um, but if there is something systemic, making sure that that gets addressed, but all like really at the heart of it, usually what it is, is it might just not be the right fit between the two. You might have someone, a CSM who's a challenger mentality and then a customer who doesn't need that or doesn't want that. And that can be that conflict there. Awesome. Julie, I think you're rounding out the groups. Awesome. Thanks, Lane. Thanks, everybody. Um, thanks, Jeremy, as well. Um, so agree with what everybody has been saying. Um, our group was Isabel, David, Fred, Carlos, and myself. And um, discussion kind of centered around um, recurring platform problems and how to have those tough conversations with customers if um, fixes aren't always working out or they're having they're seeing same problems go over and over again and um, keep coming back to you. So everyone had um, really good advice about this. So it is again that that managing those expectations, um, being transparent in your communications and just making sure that you're checking in with them and um, letting them know if there is a fix around the corner or what we're working on to solve the problem, understanding what their impact is to their business. Um, so how is it impacting their business? Is it you know immediate? Is it long-term? And are there any workarounds that you can help them uh, to make sure that their business impact is minimized while they might be experiencing um, an issue. Um, you know, make sure IT and security issues maybe aren't um, a problem, uh, the right people are connecting. And um, then if you need to escalate it to leadership or offer compensation, sometimes this is the next step. If you've been having the same conversations with a, with a problem customer, an upset customer over and over, um, and you need to es actually escalate it. Um, and then, Talk about new options. If you have new things that are coming down the pipeline or new new feature adjustments that are going to help um, optimize their product and bring greater value as they, um, you know, by remaining with you and not churning out, then those are all things, conversations you can have with them. But again, just being really transparent in the communications and 
again, speaking with empathy and honesty and making sure that um, they understand that they're a priority to you and you're working with them in any way you can to make sure that you're going to continue in a successful partnership. Yeah, I really like I really like that, Julie. I was just thinking about, uh, you know, and, and talking to a couple folks from from the group. I know we have some new to being a CSM. We've got some folks on the call that are new in that in that CSM type role. Now, I wonder, um, you know, based on I kind of heard some themes, you know, emphasize, don't take it personally. Um, but, you know, what would, it, it, you know, for those of us on the call that, you know, have been around the block and customer success, you know, more than, you know, more than once, um, what would you offer a new CSM? What advice would you offer a new CSM as it relates to engaging and managing new customers or managing these uh, difficult customers, rather? Anybody want to chime in? Mutual accountability, prescriptive process seems to seems to be one. Claudette, I see you shake. Uh, you you nodding your head. Was there something? Uh, did you have something you want to add? I think it all got to start and look back at the process of where this customer goes through. Is it there? Are they? You know, where's the the flag for them to be able to say, you know, having a little bit of challenge here on some of the things, you know, like, is it in the first occurrence? Is it the second occurrence? Um, I've been in a situation where the process is you're getting that escalation at the third occurrence. Okay, uh, that's the ideal process. But unfortunately, they went through the occurrence seven times already and it's all blown out. Fortunately, no one communicated and no one was really you know, someone was trying to redefine the process before that, before it got to your level. So I think, and, and then obviously everything else that goes with process and standardizing things helps mitigate some of the escalation, but it's about communication and everybody being on board on, and understanding that process. Yeah. You, you, communication, communication, communication. So <laughs> I like that. Nathan, what, uh, what do you have on the, on your mind? Yeah, I think something that I've always taken into the customer support and customer success industry and something that I would pass on to any CSM would be, uh, one, you're not alone, right? This is normal. And two, whatever anger or frustration the other customer is expressing to either your support teams or to you probably has some pain or frustration that's pretty easily explainable. And so the easiest thing you can do is just relate as a human would relate to anyone who's in pain um, and just start there, right? And once you kind of set that level expectation of, hey, I'm here with you, talk to me, share with me, you can really kind of start building those bridges if you haven't built them before, right? If you're not already, you know, thick as thieves with that person or that point of contact that's frustrated, like it's a great way to start off. Um, So for new CSMs taking on difficult accounts, I would just say, it's okay, it's normal. And also go ahead and just, get to the base level of the pain for them and then take it from their perspective, right? Listen to them and and make sure that you're coming alongside them and saying, yep, I hear you on a human to human level and then let's fix the problem, right? If you jump straight to let's fix the problem or, you know, too quickly, what's going to happen is they're going to feel like you're just trying to shut them up or put a bandaid on it and move on. And you really want to slow down enough to say this matters, right? This is causing you XYZ frustrations or pain on a daily basis or monthly basis or quarterly basis, let's take that time to actually listen really well. So that'd be my recommendation. 
Yeah, I love that. It's normal. Unfortunately, I hate that we have to say that, that it's normal, but you're right. You know, all of us at some point in our careers are going to, you know, are going to deal with, you know, somebody who's difficult in our personal life or in our professional life. So um, I think it was, was it David Curry that mentioned, you know, don't take it personally. Uh, You know, that that's resonated in my career for sure. So I appreciate, you know, I appreciate that reminder, Nathan and Anastasia. I'm really glad to see your hand raised because I was going to call you call on you anyway. So uh, the, the floor is yours. Two things. Um, I think it's a, I put it in the chat, but I think the important is to note what went wrong, but it's not, should not be the focus of a discussion. It's, you should be able to help them move the path forward and find a solution. The other piece that when you take on a difficult client or difficult problem or project or whatever the situation may be, it's important to be that champion for the customer that especially if you inherit in somebody as maybe new or if the csm changed it's important to realize that you have the ability to turn this around so that means following up with them that means asking the right questions it means um understanding their business goals so you can help them uh, solve the problem and then be their champion in the company and um find those quick solutions and make sure you keep uh keep tabs on it yeah, that's awesome. No, thank you for that, uh, Anastasia. Um, actually, there was a question that uh, Lisa brought up in our group. I'm looking around the the grid here for uh, for for where she is. I don't know if she she dropped. Oh, there you are, Lisa. Uh, around um, you know recurring customers who are recurringly difficult, and if and does is there a point in which you know say enough is enough? Uh, with difficult, you know, with a difficult customer. Um, and I'd be curious if anybody on the call today has, you know, has worked with a difficult customer to the point where the company's having to make a decision as to, you know, does, you know, maintaining the difficulty of this relationship make business sense for both, you know, us as the partner, but also for them as the vendor and using our, our technology. Um, See some shaking heads, but uh, you know, any anybody want to try to tackle that question with our, our last few minutes here? Anybody walk through that example where they said enough is enough? Um, yeah, so <clears throat> have been in this situation with a client before, um, and I think one tough thing because um, business never wants to say, sure, we're going to willingly um, cancel a contract and lose that recurring revenue, even if it is difficult for the CS team. Um, I think in our case, the combination that made it um, kind of an, uh, not argument, but a, a, what made it worth it is that the customer was not only very difficult, but also was not paying um, on time. And so it was sort of a pain point across the entire company. It started out with poor sales and CS alignment. Um, They were sold on, um, you know, a product and maybe weren't really the best fit. Um, And I think that's kind of the easiest difficult customer to get rid of because it's not just about, it's not just about them being difficult, but it's also, they have sort of legitimate reasons for um, some of the concerns that they're bringing up. They probably should not not have been a client in the first place. We really are not um, the best fit for their problem. Um, We're not providing them with the solution that they really need. Um, And so in that case, you know, it. I think it it really came to a head because they weren't paying their (laughs) 
<laughs> they weren't paying their invoices. Um, but certainly was kind of an ongoing conversation um, for about a year before we finally sort of cut the cord with them, um, had a call between our CEO and their CEO. Um, and ultimately it ended up being fine. But, um, but I think that's what we really needed was them not paying their bills. I'd be curious to hear if anyone actually had a, a difficult um, client where, uh, you know, just the CS team saying, hey, this is a difficult client. We've been dealing with these things. That was enough to sort of cancel the contract. Uh, Laura, that's and uh, certainly welcome to open the floor. Uh, the comment I was going to add on that is, you know, it, I you, I think you hit on you hit on a piece, right? It was a, it was an across organizational decision to you know it wasn't just CS acting in a vacuum or you know sales acting in a va vacuum but there was you know every part of the business was being impacted from the you know misalignment of technology to extra resources having to be thrown at the customer to the customer not you know not paying um, so I, we we talked a little bit about this too as to you know there there is a line between you know when is a challenge you know when is a challenging customer just a challenging customer and it's a you know it's unique situation versus those that you know that there's been misalignment since day one and you're in, you know I think I referenced it as a lump of coal right you've inherited a lump of coal and what do you do with that um, so you know there's there's a fine line of um, but ultimately I would say it's you know as a CSM and the CSMs on this call right we are the face of the company for those accounts but um, you know it's really about you advocating for that customer you know e either positively or negatively to say hey this you know I'm dealing with this the day-to-day -day. leadership I need you to back me up um, on this and asking for that leadership support. Um, you should not be, you know, CSM should not be acting in a volume, especially dealing with, you know, those ultra difficult or even, you know, borderline abusive type customers where you, nothing you ever do is going to, is going to be right. So, um, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, unfortunately I have not had a you know personal example of, you know, actually firing a customer, but I agree, you know, I think, you know, being able to hit on it cross-functionally is, is a big thing. So, um, Lane, was there anything you wanted to add before we, we wrap us up? Cause I want to make sure we get everybody out on time. I just had one note, but I know Lisa has her hand, has been trying to raise her hand. So I'll go very quickly. Um, one of the things that I found most empowering with the organizations that I work with is to empower your CSMs to let them know that one, you have their back and two, that you will not stand for a customer being disrespectful or treating them with malice or, um, not with integrity. And so being able to empower your CSM to say, I am not comfortable in this situation and let your CSM also escalate and, and have that path forward as That's well. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, well, well, Lane, thank you for that. Um, again, make sure you give uh, Lane huge kudos for helping co-host today, especially with my kids came in. So thank you for that. Uh, appreciate all the feedback. I really do. It's great discussion today. Um, looking forward to getting, you know, the notes from the call and put into Gingra Retain so we can con obviously continue the conversation there. Um, and if anybody's interested in, you know, uh, you know, replacing me up here as the, the talking head of office hours, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you know, Lane, Lane is a testament to that. So, but uh, with that, I'll get you all out of here on time. Please take a moment to provide feedback so we can continue to make this better for y'all and uh, have a great rest of your, have a great rest of your week. Hopefully see y'all Thursday. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.